This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and may he stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to test. Then the devil took him up to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday, many of us, including many of you, began actively living the season of Lent. If you have not yet begun living Lent, I really urge you to please do it today. Lent is a six-plus-week season of grace that God gives the world every year, once a year. It's unique grace. Please don't miss out on it. If you live Lent, it is guaranteed by God to be transformative. What that will mean, who knows? But if you live it, it will be transformative. Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of this fallen, sinful world. Jesus is the eternal Son of God who comes into this mess of a planet and finally offers it the way back to God, now and eternally. Who Jesus is, is only fully revealed through his passion, death, and resurrection. Another reason to be thankful for these windows some of you can only see this. That window is a reminder that a couple of, just a couple months ago, we celebrated Christmas. It's a beautiful scene. It is a beautiful scene with all these twinkling lights, lights in the darkness, and an innocent child. That child is the savior of the world. That is the birth of the savior into this world. But who that child is, who Jesus is, is not even revealed in all of his public ministry. It's only finally revealed there in his passion, death, and resurrection, who Jesus is, what love is, and what salvation is, is only finally fully revealed through his passion, death, and resurrection. Around six weeks from now, 
God is going to offer the world the three holiest days of the year. It's called the Easter Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, into Holy Saturday, opening to the Easter season. When the holiest days of the year come, we're going to be invited not just to remember the way, what salvation is, who salvation is, we're going to be invited to enter into it. Some of you, including many of you who are here today, are going to, for the first time, fully receive Jesus, the full power of salvation at that Easter vigil when you're baptized or receive the rest of the sacraments of initiation. The rest of us who already have received those sacraments are going to be invited to have them renewed in us. And to be so, Lent is the six week period of preparing spiritually for that reality, to be maximally open to that grace, and to be maximally prepared to receive it and get out into this world to live it. The spiritual agenda for Lent is very straightforward. Many of us were blessed with ashes on Ash Wednesday. Just remember the blessing repent and believe in the gospel. One day at a time for six weeks, I am really trying to do this much more intently than any other time of the year. Repent, to be honest about my sin, like we just sang in Psalm 51, and to turn away from it. Believe in the gospel, to be more focused than ever on listening to the word of Jesus and putting it into practice. You don't have to wake up every morning and say, well, okay, how am I going to do that? There are all sorts of guides for Lent, for children and for adults. There's a guide published in our bulletin every day during Lent. Please pick that up in the bulletin on your way home. If you're watching this or if you're listening to a podcast, go to stpatrickparish.com and just download our bulletin. Live Lent. I find that the Sundays of Lent, the scripture readings in the Sundays of Lent, well, obviously they're for the entire world, they're for all of us, they're particularly valuable for people who day by day are living this season. They kind of encourage and push you. You're on the right track if you're living this, and they give you something to kind of weave into the week ahead. So let's look at this week. First reading we just heard is from the book of Genesis. I think, I hope you all know this. Book of Genesis is the first book of our Old Testament. At the beginning of the book of Genesis, there are stories, they really are stories, it's not a scientific history, that Jewish and Christian people are truly inspired by God. The authors use these stories under the direction of the Holy Spirit so that God can reveal to us truths about our origins, all of creation, particularly human beings, that God wants us to know. When you think about it, how would God theoretically best communicate these truths to everybody of every age, of every background, stories? These are absolutely graspable stories, I presume, because these should be absolutely graspable truths. So to remind you, and there are multiple stories in there. In the first chapters of Genesis, it's revealed to us that everything beyond God is created by God. God creates everything beyond God because God wants to share life and love with others. God is eternal life and love. That means that everything God creates originally is good. At the center of creation are human beings. We heard it in the Genesis 2 passage just now. There are two versions of this in Genesis. 
The image is so powerful. God takes a bunch of clay, a bunch of dirt, and God breathes God's spirit into that clay. All of the rest of creation is from God, but human beings uniquely have God, the fullness of God, breathed into them. They have an infinite value because human beings are not just the creation of God, we're the children of God. Human beings, at the beginning, are created with everything good. And there are three, just in the, the passage we heard, three realities I invite you to focus on today. When human beings are born into this world, are created and put into this world, life includes pleasure. What's the name of the garden? Where is it located in the scripture? Oh, please, come on, come on, come on, come on. The Garden of... Thank you, revival begins. The Garden of Eden. Eden me is associated in Hebrew with the word delight. It's the Garden of Delights. Human beings, when they're created, are meant to experience pleasure as created and sustained by God according to God's terms. Human beings from the beginning are created with pride. To repeat, they alone are the children of God and all of the rest of good creation. Human beings are meant to enjoy every single moment the pride that they are the children of God. Pride as created and sustained by God on God's terms. Human beings are also, thirdly, meant to experience power from the very beginning. God gives the human beings the stewardship over all the animals, God's authority to be over these animals. It's from God, but it's real power given to human beings over all of creation from God. Pleasure, pride, and power are part of being created by God as created by God, as sustained by God, according to God's terms. Human beings are also created free. You know, as Christians, we have this understanding that our Jewish ancestors couldn't have. We know God is an eternal communion of love, Father, Son, and Spirit. God isn't just a creator. God is one God, but a communion. Life and love are shared. Life and love include freedom. Life and love also always require a response. Again, we know this as Christians. So human beings, since they have the fullness of God breathed into them, just like God, are free to respond to God with life and love or however they choose. Human beings can live however they choose. So back to the pleasure, pride, and power. In that creation story, this is real life, by the way, so it, it is a story, but this is about real life, real God, real freedom, and real devil. The devil is a fallen angel who is turned away from God forever. In the story, the devil tempts the human beings. Interestingly, just in the first two things, the devil says they're both lies. Right? The devil always lies. The devil is always saying what's right is wrong, what's wrong is right, what's true is false, what's false is true. The devil says to the human beings, 
on three terms invites them to freely turn away from God, pleasure. If you eat from the, so the trees, by the way, trees and the fruit, they represent God's authority. This isn't about trees and fruit. They represent who God is. God has said, you can do whatever you want. If you eat from these trees, if you try to take my place, you're going to die because there is no such thing as life and love apart from God. So the devil says, pleasure. The temptation is, if you eat from this tree, not only are you not going to die, it's going to be wonderful. You can choose pleasure apart from God's terms. Pride. If you eat from this tree, you're going to become God's. If you choose to pursue pride apart from God's terms, you will become God's. Listen to this, United States of America. If you choose to pursue pride apart from God, you'll become God's. And finally, power, United States of America. If you choose to eat from this tree apart from God's terms, you will know what is good and what is evil. God gives us the insight into what's good and evil, but only God knows, oh boy, this is so big for our country, what is good and evil. If you choose to pursue power apart from God's terms, in fact, you're going to become, have the power that only God has. They're totally free. They're totally well-informed. They're totally still in union with God. They're in union with one another. They have integrity of self. And what do they freely choose to do? To pursue pleasure, pride, and power apart from God. And everything falls apart. When they choose to pursue pleasure, pride, and power as children who are not faithful to God, they lose their union with God, they lose their union with one another, they lose their integrity of self. That's what Jewish and Christian people call a fallen world. The world was not created in the mess that it is, but we have fallen away from what we were originally. We also call that original sin. That impacts every one of us. When you and I were born onto this planet, we didn't do anything wrong, but we were born as fundamentally, spiritually flawed human beings. First Sunday of Lent reminds us that is reality. The first Sunday of Lent also reminds us that is always the choice that we can make. That is sin. I'm affected by original sin, but boy, can I relate to Adam and Eve. I can choose to live my life like them. That equals sin. First Sunday of Lent reminds us we have a Savior. When Jesus Christ comes into this world, and ultimately saves us through his passion, death, and resurrection, he doesn't breathe it into us and make us perfect off in heaven. He breathes us it into us, and he sort of gets us back to the beginning. We now have to make the choice of how to live our lives, just like our first ancestors. Even when we're freed from original sin, we have to choose how to live. So how wildly interesting is this? 
When Jesus, Jesus is a fully human being. He's not just God pretending to be human. This is a big theological term I have invented. He is not the divine Eminem, like he's God with this human exterior. He is a fully human being. When he begins his public ministry, every first Sunday of Lent we're reminded of this, either from the Gospel of Mark, Luke, or this year, Matthew. God's Spirit leads Jesus out into the desert, and Jesus has to make choices, bing, 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 just like the first human beings, just like you and me. The devil connects with Jesus, and the devil says to Jesus, what kind of a child of God are you? You should pursue pleasure apart from God's terms. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. He's hungry, one of the most obvious statements in all of scripture. He's hungry, and the devil says, turn these rocks into bread, which would be great. It would be so pleasurable because I tell you to do it, the devil. Jesus is as tempted as any human being from Adam and Eve to you. And Jesus says, no, I will not pursue pleasure on terms other than God the Father's. Pride, the devil starts quoting scripture. Watch out, Lawrence, be careful who's quoting scripture around here. The devil starts quoting scripture, so it is based on the word of God. If you're the son of God, which he is, and he should be proud of that, then command, throw yourself off the parapet of the temple. He quotes a psalm, the angels will come and save you. Pursue pride, you are the only son of God on my terms, not on God the Father's terms. And Jesus says, no, he will not pursue pride. He is the Son of God, but not on the terms of anyone other than his Father. Power, if you will just worship me, the devil, I will give you power over all the kingdoms of the earth. You can have power over the entire planet on my terms. Jesus says, no, he will not be a child of God, an unfaithful child of God. He will not pursue power on anyone's terms other than God the Father. That is what he ultimately gives to you and me. He gives his entire life. He sacrifices pleasure, pride, and power to accomplish the work of God, which is to save us. First Sunday of Lent reminds us that is salvation. That is real. That is going to be breathed into some of you fully for the first time in six weeks, and that has already been breathed into all of the rest of us. Jesus Christ has saved us. Jesus Christ is infinitely more powerful than the devil and than you and me. You and I can make the choice in our freedom to live as faithful children of God. You and I can make the choice to let him in, to be guided by him, and to live on this planet and eternally as faithful children of God. That's all that Lent is about, accepting this truth, which is salvation, and intently trying to live it, to prepare to be renewed in it. So I invite you to put that into your Lenten practice this week. Christians, every human being, is meant to enjoy a lot of pleasure we are meant to enjoy a lot of pride. We are meant to experience a huge amount of power by accepting how we're created, how we're sustained, 
and on God's terms. The fundamental question at Easter for all of us, and so it's the question today, what kind of child of God are you? And what kind of child of God will you be? You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.